everyone and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast with me, your host, Vicky Clark. I'm going to help you get to grips with your finances, save you lots of money and take the stress out of doing your tax return. So let's get going. Hello everyone, my name is Vicky and this is my gorgeous business partner, Lee. Uh, if you don't know, if you haven't watched one of our lives before, uh, we are accountants and we do run the pet accountant. You're probably wondering why I keep saying this, but you'd be surprised uh, when people in this group ask if anyone can recommend an accountant or knows an accountant, which does make us chuckle, to be fair. Um, but just so you're aware, we are accountants and the pet accountant is our group uh, and we are the ones that monitor it. Hello, Paul. Um, this week, we thought we'd go a bit off piste and talk about accountants <laughs> um, and the differences between accountants and bookkeepers, uh, what accountants do, what bookkeepers do, um, if you haven't had one, how we actually operate, if you do have one, uh, how to actually use us. Because we do get some people um, that have never had accountants before, and I think they think we do more than we do or less than we actually do, or they get us confused with bookkeepers um, and loads of other things. So because we've had that quite a bit, we thought, you know what, we'll do an episode and a live where we actually explain the benefits of having an accountant, what we actually do, uh, and the same with a bookkeeper. We aren't going to sit here and go, yay, get an accountant, come and be our client. That That's not the point. Um, it's just we get a lot of questions about, you know, what are the benefits of an accountant? Surely I can do the tax return myself. Um, it's really easy, you know, wasting money and all that sort of stuff. So we just want to come on, give a very unbiased view. You know, we're gonna we're not gonna sit here and go, you must use an accountant for a tax return because you don't need to. Um, we're very open and honest. If you've got any questions uh, whilst we're chatting, then just put them in the comments uh, and we will answer them as we go. So, yeah, a bit different this week. Uh, but we thought we'd mix it up a little bit. So I'm going to be like a quiz master and I'm going to answer <laughs> ask Lee loads of questions. I just want to say up front. I have no forward advance of what these questions no. are. <laughs> no, I'm just going to randomly throw questions at Lee he's going to swear at me under the table um but no we're going to be really honest you know we're not you, you probably know us by now if you've watched these we are very honest people we're not going to sugarcoat things um and we'll you know we'll just tell you how it is so I think the first really important thing is to decipher the difference between an accountant and a bookkeeper um sometimes you need both sometimes you need one or the other and it's one of those questions where if we ask people what the difference is, they probably wouldn't know. So question number one is like a mastermind for finance. Uh, what is the difference between an accountant and a bookkeeper? Right. OK, so um, your bookkeeper will generally maintain your day to day transactions and form a overview of your accounts for us and and take your accounts to what's called trial balance and that is a balanced set of books before any adjustments for your year-end bits and pieces. Um, a bookkeeper does have qualification. Um, like myself, I'm AATQB, which is a um, it's a, it's a designation as uh, as a pretty similar to what um, some of the dog groomers can have. 
It's from my, my licensing body that proves that my knowledge is to a certain level and that, you know, I am able to do the books up to that stage. I generally, bookkeepers, um, if they are licensed, and that's a key one because, again, anybody can call themselves an accountant, anybody can call themselves a bookkeeper. It's not a licensed profession. Um, so, or license term. So, a bookkeeper who is licensed can generally do your day to day books, but they won't be able to do your self assessment um, or your limited company returns and, and, and your limited company um, CT 600s and file with company's house. So, there's a, they can only go a certain far or to a certain level with your books. Um, as accountants, um, I am licensed through the AAT. And again, my, my designatory letters are MAAT. Um, so I'm a member in practice for, for a licensed accountant. And I am licensed in order to do limited companies, self-assessments, partnerships. And on the limited company side, um, I am able to produce limited company accounts for companies that have fewer than 50 employees, less than £10 million turnover, and less than 3.6 million in assets. So generally it covers quite a few businesses, um, but that is the main difference between accountants and bookkeepers. So really then in simple terms, I guess a bookkeeper does like the admin and then the accountant does the report at the end. Yeah, I mean, we work slightly differently as you're aware because we do the bookkeeping as well. And there is a benefit to that. It's because if I am doing your bookkeeping and I'm your accountant, when you ring, I will know all about you and your business and how we can help and where things are going and we can identify things. Whereas some accountancy firms don't do bookkeeping and they are purely just accountants and they will outsource the bookkeeping either to somebody that they have on their books or they will say to the client, go and get yourself a different bookkeeper and then they'll come to us once once we're ready to do the bits and pieces at the end. I prefer to do the whole thing because we have such a small team. It means that whenever you ring, it doesn't matter whether Vicky's your accountant, I'm your accountant, we work so closely together and we do everything in those accounts from the bookkeeping up that it doesn't matter who you speak to within the team, we will know you. You're not a number or a reference or, you know, like you are in some of the bigger accountancy firms. Um, you know, there's, there's people that called today and left a message with Tegan and said, oh, it's, it's such and such, they'll know what it's about. And it's, you know, and that's the type of thing that we have in, in our accountancy firm that, that makes us a little bit different from, from other people. And I think it's really important to understand as well that, you know, we, we are busy and we are growing and our team is growing as well. But we want to maintain that small, close-knit family that we are with our clients. So we, and again, I've, I've said this to a couple of clients because I've had to ask Abby to help me with my workload. And just because Abby's helping, it doesn't mean that you know, you're not mine anymore. It, it's one of those things where we've had to get a little bit of help to to get on top of things. Um, and whilst Abby is still doing the work and liaising with you, I'm there in the background going, right, what's going on? Tell me about it. Just so that I know as well and I can, I can you know, keep my, keep my ear to the ground and listen to what's going on. I think you've touched on a good point there because obviously we get a lot of calls from people that have, you know, come from another accountant uh, and it's generally a generic accountant. Um, when they are it's the communication side and I think 
at some point when you grow, I think some accountancy firms just lose that. Do you know what I mean? Lose that relationship with the client and they ring up when they're just a reference. And I think that's what annoys people. That's probably one of the main gripes that we get when people ring. And I say, well, why are you leaving your current accountant? Because generally, and I'll always use this analogy, accountants are a bit like dentists. You know, once you found a good one, you don't generally leave. You know, you and me, we've both had clients for like the last seven or eight years. Um, You know, they will generally stay with you. Um, so it, it is about having that relationship and, and it goes from the client's side as well. You know, you've got to talk to us and, and sometimes there can be a bit of a lack of communication, but sometimes that's on the client side. You know, you need to talk to us. So if you do have an accountant and you're, you know, going off to buy something or or that example the other day, a company calls you and says, oh, I'm going to give you 30 grand because I can, you know, tap into these unclaimed assets. Um, you don't have to do anything. We're just going to give you 30 grand and then not tell us because that's happened twice now. And there's a company out there called Zeal, and I mentioned it on a little snippet the other day, who are targeting pet businesses and saying, we're going to give you this amount of money because you're a dog kennels and cattery and half of them aren't even a dog kennels and cattery. And people are going, oh, yay, 30 grand. And then... One of them spoke to us before they signed anything, and I said, tell them to get effed. You know, it's a load of old balls. And then, unfortunately, the second one, without realising, signed a document that was probably shoved in front of her. And then because then they spoke to us and we said, no, tell them to get lost. We've had these before. Then got slapped with a two and a half grand bill. So... And they didn't do anything. Nope. They called me up. I told them to get lost. And, and that was it. Slapped with a two and a half grand bill. Um, so, you know, the communication does work both ways. If you have an accountant or a bookkeeper, please, please, please talk to us because we can't do anything unless we know the full picture. So any advice you need, then do speak to us, which leads me on to actually a very good point around if you have an accountant or bookkeeper, and we're doing certain things for you and you want something else or you just want advice on something else, when you may get an email back saying, okay, well, our consultancy advice service is X pounds per hour and, and some of the accountancy firms out there are extortionate. You know, you're talking like £300 an hour. We're not doing that because we want to ignore you or we're just too busy for you or we're just being an arse. Generally, accountants, probably more than bookkeepers, I would say, have to charge for our consultancy services because otherwise we wouldn't make any money. We'd be on the phone all day, every day. It would be the same as me bringing a dog in to a groomer and going, well, can you just show me how to groom? Just just you do it and I'll watch you for an hour. You know, you're going to say, no, see you later. So again, it's about understanding what accountants and bookkeepers can offer you what you should pay for, I guess, and what you shouldn't pay for. So maybe that's question number two, Lee. What should a client expect to not have to pay for and what should they pay for? And also, as a caveat to that, if you're not a client and you just ring up and go, hiya, Vicky, um, can I just bend your ear for half an hour or an hour and ask you about how I claim for this bloody van? Or how the hell do I claim for utilities? Can you just do the calculations for me and just drop me an email? It's stuff like that that I guess if you don't know how to use an account, you won't know that that sort of stuff is charged for. So that's what I'm throwing at you now. Okay, so 
like most of our clients, you have different services that you offer, and each of those different services comes with a different price. Now, whether or not you're a dog groomer or you're a dog walker, you might have one. If you're a dog walker, for argument's sake, you might have one rate where you say, right, uh, on this dog walk, we're going to have a gentle, slow-paced walk where it's going to be with other dogs, and I'm going to charge X. But if you want me to take your dog out and walk on this particular path or or do um, intense training, it's going to be another price because what you're asking for varies. And that's very much like what we do. So for argument's sake, if you sign up to us as a self-assessment client, what you're actually signing up for is for us to complete your self-assessment at the end of the tax year. Yes, we are accountant and yes, we act on your behalf. But what you've engaged us for is purely to do your self-assessment at the end of the tax year. And me and Vicky are guilty of it. Yes, we'll have chat with you. And, you know, we do give away a little bit of advice and bits and pieces. But but that is more so our personality rather than someone coming to us. And, and if we're having a chat on the phone and we do offer a bit of free advice, it's 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 non-contractual. And it is just a case of us having a, having a little chat, you know, and we just want to help you out. But when clients come to us and say, right, I want to do X, Y, and Z, and I want to know what the best tax way possible is, and I want to know what I can claim for and what I can't claim for, um, and then I want to work out how much roughly my tax bill is going to be if I do that. That is a completely different service than completing your self-assessment. That takes us time. We may have to go away and do some research to make sure of the pitfalls and and allowances that are available. And not only that, it's, it's considered tax planning, which is an, an advice service. So at that stage, and again, we have to consider our license as well and what we've engaged with our clients for. And that's the main point, is that if we don't have a signed contract with you to offer you consultancy advice, we're potentially in breach of our, our license because legally we have to have a letter of engagement with yourselves for all the services that you want to take from us. So when you come to us and ask us for advice, um, we have to think, okay, is this in the course of your self-assessment that you're signed up to, or is this a new service that involves us providing you with tax advice and consultancy of how to run your business, um, whether or not something is the right or wrong decision? Again, these are all questions that come down to consultancy. And we charge more for our consultancy service than our standard bookkeeping rate because it's a different level of expertise that is required. So bookkeeping clients, for argument's sake, who signs up to our bookkeeping, we do your day-to-day -day bookkeeping. We'll communicate backwards and forwards, ask you about the expenditure that you've had, where you've spent it. Is it allowable? Is it not allowable? Warn you about when you approach the VAT threshold and then deal with all the VAT on your behalf. And again, you might come to us and say, I'm approaching the VAT threshold, what do I do? Now, if you're a bookkeeping client of ours, then we might consider that as part of that bookkeeping service because we need to advise you of it. Um, if you're not a bookkeeping client of ours, but you are a self-assessment client and you come to us and ask us about the VAT, well, we can't give you that advice because you're not a bookkeeping client, you're not asking for consultancy, and we are there to complete the set of, of, of documents that you provide us at the end of the tax year and complete the tax return for you. So it's about knowing what service that you've signed up for and allowing us in return 
knowing what information that we can give you that fits in with that letter of engagement. And that bit is key, is it must be on that letter of engagement for us to be able to give that to you. And each service has different prices, like limited companies are much more expensive than sole traders. And me and Vicky are very open and honest about that because of the filing requirements that's needed. Um, you know, tax planning takes a long time. And if you get it right, it can be advantageous. If you don't want tax planning and you don't want consultancy and you don't want help and guidance, we don't charge you for it. But then you can't ask for it either if you don't want to pay for it. And I think one of the analogies I had said to me recently was, if I go and get my dog groomed, I wouldn't expect them to clean the teeth at the same time because it's two different services. And that's, again, the type of thing that we offer. So from our bookkeeping, payroll, self-assessments, partnership returns, and limited company fees, uh, sorry, limited company accounts. Um, and I think the other service that we will start offering shortly is going to be some training courses, but also um, we have... Um, I'm probably speaking out of turn here because we're putting together some things that are going to be quite exciting in the next couple Don't of months. Don't spill the beans. I'm not going to say it. I'll shout. I'm giving you the eyes. I'm like, you dare tell everyone. <laughs> but again, it's 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 to help you guys. And, you know, what we try to do is we understand that not everybody can afford to have a consultancy service. And it's unfair for us to offer it to one person and not the, another if we don't charge for it across the board. So these live Zooms that we do in the evenings on Facebook are designed so that we can help the masses and provide generalized advice that will help a lot of people get through their accounts and complete their self-assessments. And not, I, I don't know any accountant, I mean, Vicky, you're a part of other accountancy groups where it's purely just accountants and bookkeeping. Fun, fun groups. And, yeah, <laughs> and none of them have ever said that they offer anything like that we do for you guys in, in this group. Um, and you just don't get it, and and that's you know, and that's generally because I don't know a single accountant that, that would give free free advice. Yeah. Most of them are quite stingy, and you know they just won't. And we're referring to us a lot just because it's the easiest example to use when we're trying to explain things. By the way, we're not trying to do like hey, you know, be yeah. our client. It's just easier to explain. Yeah. But there isn't other accountants that will give away such free advice. And I think maybe sometimes it's then, you know, oh, I'll just go and ring another accountant and ask them, you know, to do it. It, it, it You won't get it. It will be very, very rare that an accountant will give you so much free advice, like, you know, or put like payroll brochures together and utilities calculators and and tell you basically how to do your own tax return. It's it's not normal. Um, we are not normal. But like he said, you know, there are people out there, and we, we've had a few comments on the group recently that say, well, I can't afford an accountant. And, you know, and, and sometimes when you start an out business, especially pet businesses, you know, it's bloody expensive. Um, so like Lee said, we want to offer you that advice to help you for free. But obviously, it can only go to a certain level before, you know, we then have to start charging. And we, like Lee said, we have the odd client that will ring up and just want a quick chit chat and ask a question. We're absolutely fine. If you start stalking us or ringing us every day for something, then obviously we're going to have to start charging you. But generally, accountants and bookkeepers will not give away their advice for free. Um, like solicitors, if you want advice, law yeah. advice solicitor, you pay for it. Well, yeah, I had to ask a solicitor a few years ago, like one question, 300 quid, 300 pound for one question. 
Um, so yeah, just be careful. Like if you are you thinking of going to another accountant, that's absolutely fine. That there there will be a certain level that you can get for free. Not everyone is going to be as generous as we are and do this group. I don't even think there is any other like accountancy groups that do this. Don't know anyone does it. And that is because, yeah, we may be a little bit soft, but we generally want to help people. You know, we've come across so many people um, in this industry that have cost themselves thousands of pounds. And, you know, you might see the odd comment out there, well, you know, I could do it myself. What's the point of having an accountant, you know, to charge you 100 quid? You know, I saved someone, no word of a lie, um, and I'm not exaggerating, £13,500 on one tax return. That is a bit, you know, out there. It doesn't happen every day. But, and that was... Only that. We oh, saved the clients. Yeah, you we saved the clients seven grand today, so I tell a lie. But it's not like an everyday thing. You know, I'm not going to sit here and go, I'm going to save you 13 grand. And the background to that was, you know, the tax return, whatever. I'll just put a few figures in the box and poof, there goes, you know, a fee at the end. And probably only got questioned because it was quite high, £14,000 tax bill. Spoke to me, I said, that doesn't sound right. Give me all your paperwork. Um, did it, saved a 13 and a half grand, charged a 350 quid. Now, some accountants out there may have said, well, actually, I know I'm going to save you 14, 13 and a half, 14 grand. I'm going to charge you three grand for the pleasure. And, you know, the, the people out there that would do that because they know that that person's going to have another 10 grand in their bank account, but no, it's still 350 quid. So, you know, and Lee today found some discrepancies in some invoices um, and saved a client £7,000 because they were being overcharged over a long period of time. So, yes, to a point, and we'll, we'll probably go on to this now as we've led into there about filling in the tax return. Um, I had another lady at Greenwood Conference when me and Bill were doing a seminar that said, oh, you know, I've submitted my tax return. I'm just waiting for HMRC to call me and tell me if I've done it right. And bless her heart, you know, I said, they ain't going to call you. <laughs> HMRC will not tell you whether you've done it right or wrong when you send it in. They're assuming that you've done it correctly. And what Lee said on the last live, which I didn't even know about, about, you know, if you go in and change your figures and then you do the calculation and you go back and you change it again, that actually flags on the tax return to HMRC that you might be doing something dodgy. So it isn't really a case of just whacking some figures in a box, okay? Yes, there are some scenarios where you might have a really small business and it doesn't warrant an accountant, in which case, you know, sometimes I'll get people ring me and I go, do you know what? You can do that yourself. Let me take over from the next year because you don't need to pay me to do that because your figures are so small. You just put that in that box, put that in that box, and you'll be fine. But as you go on, worth saying there, though, um, because I've seen a couple of comments on the group that says, I didn't make a profit this year, or I didn't earn enough to, to pay tax. Um, I'm, I'm, and I'm not going to fill in the tax return, or I'm just going to claim the thousand pound allowance to not fill in tax return. Mm -hmm. We would always advise against that because if you make a loss, if we do the tax return right and we get your basis periods right we can carry that loss forward into the next tax year for you. And your first year is the ideal time to do that. Yes. So if if you have made a small profit, then fair enough, fill it in yourself. But if you've made a loss and we can capitalize on that loss, then that is the time to reach out to us and say, look, can you save us some money? And, and we'll be able to then roll that forward to next year 
So when you do make money, we can save you more money again by utilizing the loss that you made this year as well. So, you, so there's a double whammy. So not only could we potentially claim you tax back and offset some of the money against like if you had a job and, and then you went self-employed at the same time and you've paid tax through your job, we could get you some of that tax back. And depending on the size of your loss, certainly if you've bought a van, then mm. we could roll that forward into the following tax year as well. Um, so there, there are things that we know about that wouldn't necessarily be obvious from the HMRC side if you are trying to do things yourself. So that's that's where our knowledge and expertise comes in. And that's why an accountant is so important. You know, we're not here to be like, you can't do it yourself and, and bash anyone that says you can. You know, in some instances you can. But the, the reason why I guess we're so passionate about it is because we've come across so many people that have tried it themselves and done it wrong. I had someone on the phone the other week that said, oh, I had a £4,000 tax bill. I didn't really claim for all the expenses. And I went through a list and she went, no, I didn't do that, didn't do that, didn't do that. Had she come to an accountant for that tax return, her tax return probably would have been half. So that would have saved her two grand for the sake of, you know, a couple of hundred quid, you know, for getting someone like us to do it. So really, and I, I was thinking about this today when, you know, and it really, and I'm going to be honest, it really pisses me off <laughs> when people say it's just putting numbers in a box. Yeah, like, if it's just putting numbers in a box, then everyone, we, accountants would be out of a job. We wouldn't have a job to do it. And that I felt like saying, what could I use as an analogy? And I thought, well, I'll put it to dog grooming because it's easier to, to do. That's like me saying, well, I can, I can groom a poodle. All you have to do is get some scissors and cut or get some clippers and just go that there you go and I yeah and I think well that's all right I can do that just get the clippers what done but then a professional groomer comes in and goes what the f have you done to that dog and I'm like what it's fine looks all right no and then goes there you go it looks much better and it's taken me half the time so yes in some instances you can but if you have no clue what you're doing and you're looking at the tax return going, well, what's cash accounting? What's traditional basis? What, what the hell is an annual investment allowance? What's basis periods? What's a basis period? And that, you know, when we look into the software, when people have, you know, signed up for free agent zero, the one thing I do is the very, very first thing I do is go on to their accounting dates. 99 times out of 100 it's wrong and that's just because of lack of knowledge and that's what we're there for so I go and I change it and go out so that's for you you should be fine moving forward so yeah and, and it probably annoys dog trainers dog groomers when people go I could do that well yes it might only take me half an hour to do your tax return but you don't pay for that half an hour you pay for the 10 years of training I've done previously to be able to do it for in half an hour and and i think that goes across the board with any profession really um right i've got a few questions Ooh, okay okay um before we go on to them ooh. the reason why i mentioned basis periods is because if you get the wrong basis period on the tax return yeah, you will be taxed twice. <laughs> <laughs> okay and and that's why it's so so important to get the dates right on the tax return and then you can't get that double taxation back until you close your business down or change the basis periods again in the future. Um, so it's really, really important that you get the basis period correct. Fabulous. Uh, Michelle has said, are bookkeepers allowed to file VAT returns for limited companies or is this something that only accountants should do? No, um, as a bookkeeper, they should be qualified to do VAT returns. 
Um, thinking back to my training, I'm sure that returns was part of the AATQB uh, syllabus, um, and therefore, I, you, as a bookkeeper, as long as you're experienced and you're licensed, then you can absolutely file a VAT returns, no problems at all. Fabulous. Um, Frankie, hello, Frankie, want to know what the prices, uh, what are the prices for bookkeeping? Not sure if it's been mentioned. Yeah, so we have a couple of different prices and the easiest thing to do is reach out to me or Vicky and we'll have a chat to you because, again, purely depends on the software that you're using, how you're keeping your records and what we need to do our end as well. Um, but we'll certainly have a chat to you about that and see what we can do. That's actually quite a good comment, actually, because I see a lot in the groups of how much do people pay for accountants and you get anything from like 50 quid to like a grand. And, you know, there isn't a one size fits all in most cases. You know, it really is dependent on the individual. It could be someone could put down 500 pounds and it might be they're a sole trader with uh, who are registered or a sole trader with 10 staff or a sole trader that has bookkeeping or it could be they're a limited company with one staff member, 10 staff members, VAT registered, not VAT registered, you know, the, the, on software, not on software. You know, it, it really depends on the individual. So it, anyone that asks that question, you, you, it's absolutely pointless because you will just get, you know, an array of different answers. You know, I always said, you know, on lives before, you shouldn't be paying like a grand for a, a self-assessment if you're not VAT and you're not no staff. And I've had people come to me who've been paying that. That is ridiculous. You know, if you're paying a grand for your self-assessment and you don't have anything else other than a self-assessment, then maybe you should chat to someone else. Um, but that, that kind of comes down to perception slightly as well, doesn't it? Because, again, where we talk about the self-assessment we could be ignoring the fact that somebody could have just turned up with two black bags full of receipts in no right. order, scrambled so would up. You, would you charge them a grand, though? But then think about the time that it's going to take to go through that, to sort them out, then to either scan them or write them up so that you've it got... be a few bin bags yeah, for a grand. It would, but again, we're assuming that a sole trader's got maybe 50 or 60 grand of turnover, but then I've got some... You know, uh, sole traders that could easily be on two to three hundred or a quarter of a million pounds. That is very so, true. See, me, even me and Lee. <laughs> <laughs> two though, there can't be a lot of bin bags. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't take a couple of the pictures that I've shown you of my. I know. Oh, I get them. Oh. I get them in poo bags. Um, from Kimmy Wimmy, I genuinely had no idea. So thank you for making this clearer. No worries, Kimmy. Um, and then Tegan's put great analogy. She said that because I came up with it today. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, generally, you know, we are there to help you. And, you know, I think some people just use us. We're like an extension of your business. You know, we have some, you know, we have some clients that only want to speak to us once a year, and that's absolutely fine. We'll have a chat when they want to speak to me. Yes, and some of them don't even like me, so it's fine. <laughs> and that, and that's the thing, actually, to touch on, to be fair. You know, we're not always going to get on with each other. You know, I might have a sales call with someone and I can tell automatically that we're just not going to gel. And sometimes I've had to say, look, you know, I'm really sorry. You know, it's no offence, but I, I, I really don't think we're going to gel. Um, you know, go and speak to blah, blah, accountants. They, you know, might be a better fit for you. 
And that, you know, sometimes, and again, if someone said that to me, do you know what, Vicky, actually, um, you're not my kind of person. I'm going to go with someone else. I wouldn't be offended by that. That's absolutely fine. You know, you don't like everybody. You know, I, I always say this. If you're going to get an accountant or a bookkeeper, the finance part of your business is so important. If you do, if you can't understand your figures, how the hell are you going to run your business? So use, if you've got an accountant or a bookkeeper, use us to your advantage. You know, like, can I just speak to you? Um, can I book in a call to go through my, my quarterly figures? We did that with one client and she made an absolute bomb the next month because we actually sat down with her and analysed the figures, okay? And we can do that. Look, use us, talk to us if you need us. If you don't want to talk to us, you only want to talk to us once a year, then that's absolutely fine. I have some clients that are like that. Some clients talk to me quite regularly. But don't be afraid to pick up the phone or drop your accountant or us an email, okay? We're always going to be there to help. Or if we can't help, then we'll point you in the direction of someone that can help. Because sometimes you might ask us about stocks and shares and pensions, and I just go, oh, uh, that's not my remit. Talk to Laura, um, who's the financial advisor in the group. So, yeah, I've lost my point. I've gone off on a tangent. But my point is talk to us. Yeah, use us in your business. Your business will not grow if you don't understand your figures and your finances. If you compared a person that never looked at it compared to a person that looked at it every month and analysed them, this person would be having dinner in the Ritz and this one's going to McDonald's. So please, 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 and I say this nearly every live, your finances are so, so important. There's not many pet businesses that go bust because there's not enough clientele. They go bust because they haven't looked at their figures and they've just let it go and go and go to the point where there's just no return and then they have to go bust. It's not because there's not enough dogs out there for people to groom, train, walk, or anything like that. So please, please, please use abuse. On, on that note, I spoke to a client this week that he was like, "One bus, no." <laughs> there was there was adamant that they only take a set amount out of their business every week, and week in week out they would take that set amount so you could see it going out of the bank, and they were really pleased with themselves. And we had a tough love session um, where, you know, I had to explain to them that. Yes, they've been very good in taking that set amount, but they've also been using that business card for other personal transactions. And they were ignoring the fact that they'd gone to, you know, McDonald's and Tesco's and all the other bits. So that £500 actually rose up to about £1,000 a week because they were using the business card day in, day out for the bits and pieces. You're talking about a limited company here? Uh, no, this was this was a sole trader as well. So they, they tried to do it. So they had the business account and all right. they could do was take the set amount out to try to be stricter so they would try to move that over into their personal account. Um, but because of the use of the business card, <laughs> when it was coming to the end of the month, they were realising that there wasn't as much money in the pot as they thought and couldn't understand where the money was going considering they were cutting down on their business expenditure. And it was because they didn't understand the figures and they were just dipping in and out of the out of the bank account and moving it into their personal account and then spending on it on the other half. So it's really important to be able to analyze that and go to somebody and say, well, look, if you didn't do that, you would have X amount more money in your business pot so that you've got money to run the business, pay the VAT and, and make sure that you've got enough money to pay the staff at the end of the month. Um, and that's, you know, and that's one of those conversations where what you'll find with me is that I am as you see me now and we will have an open and honest conversation 
and you might not like what I'm saying, but it's meant with the best best intention. And some clients do need a little bit of a kick up the backside, a little bit of an accountability session that says, you know, this is your business, this is your funds, and this is what you need to do to grow your business. Um, and those that take that on board usually come back and thank us to say, I didn't realize, and until you'd open my eyes, I didn't know. But mm-hmm. now that I am seeing it, I'm making more money. I've got more money. Um, and it's, you know, from that, I if you can't work with me, you can't work with me. But for those of you that can work with me, I'm usually thankful. So it's, it's again, it's, it's just about, if, if you ever need advice, I will always be there on the other end of the phone, always. Um, and I think Vicky's exactly the same. Is if anybody's ever panicking or needing something urgently, generally we do try to get back to our clients within 48 hours if we can't take the call there and then. Um, but it's important that, you know, that like you guys, we pick the clients that we want to work with. So, and I think it's important that we say that is that we don't take everybody on that rings up and it's because we get an idea on the phone that, that, that 30 minute welcome session that we have is kind of like a little mini interview where <laughs> we, we find out about you, you find out about us and we check to see if our, if our, our personalities are compatible and whether or not we think that you're going to be a good fit for us and, and, and you'll, and we'll be a good fit for you. Um, nine times out of 10, everything's absolutely fine. But as business owners, like you guys, you get to pick and choose your clients. And it's important that once you make that decision, that you're happy with who you're working with and that you can have those working relationships. And from our side, all of our clients, I think, you know, I've had a couple that have left me in the past. And I've had gut feelings about clients as well. At the beginning, I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't have taken them on. And, and trust your guts. Mm. That's what I would say is trust your guts. And don't just take anyone on just because no. you're new. Right. You know, because those clients that were pain in the ass at the beginning will be an even bigger pain in the ass yeah. all the way through. So, you know, don't just take clients on if you've got a gut feeling that they're not right, then just say no, thank you. And just as a going back to what we were saying, you know, if you want to have a successful business, it, there's more than just putting your prices up. Okay. You can look at your analyze your figures that you've got in front of you you know and this is why we always push the software because the software pretty much does this for you like zero is brilliant for breaking down all your income and your expenses into a really 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 easily read table and that's how you will inc- get more income you know you know whacking your prices by five and just doing that yes that will get you more income but if you actually looked into your figures it might be that you don't need to put your prices up it might be that actually you're buying too much of one stock isn't selling and you're continually buying it which is bringing your profits down or it could be that you just need to get a new supplier of some shampoo or you, do you know what i mean it, it's not just as simple as or just, yeah, we'll whack fire on your prices or, you know, put your dog walk up, buy a couple of quid. Yes, that will generally work because you're earning more money. But if you actually, if you have an accountant, use us, you know, we're the best ones to be looking at your figures because we are we are figures people, we are money people. And we've done that with a few clients now. And literally the next month, they've had the best month ever. And that's not us doing anything like, ooh, like fancy. 
we're just talking through your figures. It's there for you to read, to be able to grow your business. And if you're unable to, to do that yourself and you need a bit of help, then the best person to speak to is your accountant, because that's what we're there for. We don't want you to go bust. You know, we want you to make more money. And, you know, like I say, we've had clients come up to us and go, I'm, you know, I'm making, I'm, I'm turning over a hundred grand, but I've got like a hundred quid in my pocket. How the hell is that happening? Like, I, I, God, I surely have more money. And it's just a little tweak. And then there you go. Now I've got a grand in my pocket. I was working with a client last week, a limited company client. They're a long-standing client of mine. And we did this exact same thing that you just mentioned there. We, we sat down. I pulled up their accounts. I, I drilled down month by month. And by the end of the session, I'd saved them £1,800 by going through and looking at things that they were buying and paying and seeing whether or not they were overpaying or whether we could get it cheaper. Um, we discovered that they were paying for two mobile phone contracts and they didn't even realize that they had a second mobile phone contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them was uh, was £126 a month that they didn't realize that they were paying twice on. Um, and then we managed to renegotiate uh, another deal with BT, taking their telephone bill from £76 a month plus VAT down to £25 a month plus VAT. So yes. li- little things like that can actually make a massive difference to, to a company. Um, and it's only because we're able to go through those figures and look and think that's a bit odd. That's that's high for what that should be in this type of industry. Um, and again, I, I was talking to another client and, and it's about asking you questions of whether you actually need those subscriptions that you've got or are you just paying for them because they're nice to have? You know, do you have an iPad with a data SIM in it? And how often do you take that iPad away from the house? Could you tether it to your phone and get rid of the data plan? So it's, it's, it's thinking outside the box sometimes. And, and sometimes it takes someone to ask the question for you to really think about, well, actually, no, I, I don't need that. I don't use the Adobe subscription that I've got now with Photoshop and, and other bits and pieces, you know. Um, maybe it could be spent somewhere else. Maybe you could spend that money that you save on marketing or, or getting somebody in to manage your social media to grow your, 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 your audience. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just, you mentioned something there. And um, I, as some people may know, some people not, I'm doing a a financial coaching course, which is kind of a bit about money and a bit about mindset. And I got this email today, which was like a, we know those like marketing email things that get sent out. And it's from the company that I'm doing the course with. And the lady's called Catherine Morgan. And she's a really well known uh, financial coach. And I don't know why, something you said, and I read the email, I thought, do you know what, that actually makes a lot of sense, and I'm going to read it out to you. So this is not mine, I'm not taking any credit for this, it's Catherine Morgan, all right, if you Google it, find her, she's brilliant. And it says, uh, you know, make more money, resulting in a high masculine duty energy, find more clients, you know, people saying find more clients, resulting in the need of energy, raise your prices, resulting in an energy of questioning your self-worth. Some people might think this is a load of tosh, but actually it, it does, it is true. These messages that bombard you on social media fail to acknowledge that truly sustainable wealth creation is not just about making more money. Often you already have enough money, but your subconscious mind is working against you or perhaps the strategies you've been using are no longer working. Or have you fallen out of love with certain parts of your business and want to pivot, but you need more money to do so? You're caught in the reoccurring feelings about money that make you engage in the same behaviour over and over again. I'm not deserving. I'm not good enough. I need more qualifications. I need more money, more problems. So the answer isn't necessarily about getting more clients and making more money in your business. 
So it's true. And, and some people might think that's a bit wishy-washy, but actually with a lot of people, it is a mindset thing. And like she said, it might not be a case of finding more clients or raising your prices. You've got the money there. You're just in the wrong mindset. And you're not seeing it. And that could be, like we've said, it's it's mixed in with overspending or not looking at your figures, for example. So it's just something to think about. Um, there isn't, you know, necessarily just raise your prices or find more clients that is actually going to be the answer because you might find more clients and then you're still going to be sat there in a month, six the months' money. time going, well, I haven't got any money. I need more money to get more clients. Well, no, I'll put my prices up. Put your prices up in six months' time. You're like, well, I haven't got any money. And it, it's all in the mindset. So it's just something to, to think about. Um, but we're going to leave it there, okay, because I'm conscious it's Wednesday night and I am starving. Um, this will be out on the podcast. So if you listen on the podcast, hello. If you've got any questions for us, then you can drop us an email um, or give us a call. Um, email and calls are always the best. Try not to DM us because we get so many that we just can't keep track on them and I don't want to ignore anybody. Um, so, yeah, give us a call, drop us an email. Again, carry on using the group. Uh, we have got a few good things in the pipeline that we're going to help will help establish businesses on one side and very, very new businesses on the other. Um, but they are not going to be ready yet for the next sort of six weeks, maybe, which is why I was giving Lee the eyeballs to not not tell everyone before it's, uh, it's ready. Um, but enjoy the rest of your week. Um, have a good weekend. And we will see you uh, next week uh, with another live. Uh, and thank you for all your questions. And oh, yeah. you're live about Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. It's written down. <laughs> Hang on. Again, you're asking me impromptu questions. Oh, no, I didn't actually generally didn't tell him what I was going to ask him. I like just to throw stuff at him. Right. Hang on, because now I've got to find it in my book. Uh, oh, next one, which I think is the 1st of March, if I've got my dates right, um, will be on pet sitter, walker and boarder expenses. Okay. So I know there's a lot that we talk about groomers quite a bit. Um, so we're going to go and talk about pet sitters, borders, and walkers, allowable expenses. So that'd be a good one. So and the one after that might be crafts, isn't it? Possibly. So yeah, crafts. What have we got? Yeah, yeah, crafts. crafts. Um, yeah. yeah. We are at crafts hall one. Stand six. Yeah. Say hello. We'll have freebies to give away. Um, but yes, I'm going to go. Have a good evening, everyone. Thank you for listening, Thank and we will speak to you next week. All Take right, care. guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed my podcast, don't forget to subscribe for me. And if you want to speak to me, please visit my website at www.petaccountant.co.uk. And if you'd like to join my Facebook group, which is full of like-minded pet professionals, then search Accounting for Pet Professionals in Facebook and I will see you there.